When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Rural Wisconsin is seeing the impact of the pandemic in multiple forms. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Tim Size is the executive director of Rural Wisconsin Health Cooperative, he says in addition to increased hospitalizations due to the Delta variant, healthcare is also trying to combat a declining workforce. Tim, to start, what is the status of COVID-19 in rural Wisconsin? The worst that Wisconsin had when, when all our hospitals were filled was back in November, and it's pretty steadily been going down with, with a bump late winter. But now, unfortunately, and it's kind of scary, the numbers are going back up again. Our hospitalization rates are back where they were two, two and a half months ago. At the same time, it feels like we're stalled on, on, on people being vaccinated. So in rural Wisconsin, we have about 46% of folks have had at least one shot compared to 53% urban. So that's a, a 7% spread, which is pretty significant. And with a, the Delta variant being so infectious, our biggest weapon to defeat it and keep infections down, hospitalizations down, um, we just simply need more, more, more people to ask the questions that they need to get answered so they feel comfortable uh, going ahead and getting vaccinated. Unlike earlier in the pandemic, uh, when the vaccine first came out, there was so much more demand than there was vaccine, but pretty quickly that, that, that shifted. So now we have plenty of vaccine in Wisconsin. We just don't have people who are at a point where they're comfortable uh, getting the vaccine. What's holding people back? Well, I, I, someone asked me that yesterday, and I, I actually went and, and kind of went through some of the reasons. Some people are concerned that the vaccine was developed too quickly, but the reality is it was based on work being done for decades on similar viruses, the SARS virus, the MERS virus. So we had lots of experience. Plus, the federal government, in particular, uh, then President Trump, put a lot of money into warp speed. It was an all-out effort to get the vaccine. I think people can very be very confident that that this vaccine is based on decades of of work on similar vaccines and not to be too concerned. There's also been a fair amount of false information that's been put out by some people on Facebook and tweets and stuff like that. And just to, to give the truth as opposed to the myth, there's no live viruses in the COVID vaccine and you cannot get COVID from the vaccine and that vaccines don't in any way interact with your, your genetic self, your DNA. And it's kind of basically that all the data, all the research shows that the long-term protection from the vaccine is, is more important for all of us individually and, and as in our communities than any short-term side effects. I was lucky. My wife and I are in our 70s, and we had absolutely no side effects, but we do know some people do get side effects, but they're short-term. And it's certainly a less of an issue than being hospitalized or, or unfortunately dying. And my, my wife and I have each lost family members to COVID, so it, it, it's very, very real to us. I, I think it's also important to understand maybe, a, and I didn't really understand this well until more recently, that the way the vaccines work is, is actually they, they, they teach our body how to recognize the invasion of, of the COVID virus and then, and then how to fight it. So it actually isn't the vaccine 
that's fighting the virus. It's the, your body's fighting the virus, but the vaccine's teaching your body how to do that before it actually has the need to do it. Most of the cases are people who are unvaccinated, and certainly the overwhelming number of people who are uh, hospitalized or unfortunately die are unvaccinated. So what, what we really have now is, is an epidemic that's growing amongst people who are not vaccinated. You know, my interest in rural Wisconsin is I, I want to protect the people who, who live and work there, and I, and I want to have our rural economy come back as strong as possible. And I want our hospitals not to be over, overwhelmed the way we, we were last November. How are rural hospitals um, kind of helping get vaccination rates up? Are you guys offering anything to make it easier for people to get vaccinated? Yeah, I think that the main strategy in rural Wisconsin has is, is been that vaccination is being integrated into, you know, normal everyday health care. And I think uh, any anyone who who's listening to this and, and wants to be vaccinated, uh, simply call their local hospital, their clinic, where they typically get their health care and, and, and ask for help in getting vaccinated. It's, it's no longer hard. I mean, some people I, I understand live way out in the countryside and it's a, to get to see a doctor and nurses is, is, is a little bit more of a drive, but the vaccines are, are readily available throughout the state. I want to shift the conversation now to workforce. A labor shortage is something every industry is facing in Wisconsin right now, but it's particularly challenging in healthcare, as I've been told. That's a really important important question. Unfortunately, it's going to stay important for quite a while. And like you say, it isn't just healthcare that is being impacted by a loss of population from many of our rural communities and by aging baby boomers. And that impacts agriculture, it impacts manufacturing, it impacts schools, healthcare, whatever. I think what makes healthcare workforce uh, more at risk is when people get into their 70s and 80s and are no longer a nurse or a doctor or a pharmacist or a therapist or a nursing aide, we lose, we lose that workforce. But what also happens, they become much more frequent customers of the care that's provided in the healthcare sector. So it's kind of a double tsunami, the impact of baby boomers. We're losing workers like everyone else is losing workers. But then unlike most other sectors, baby boomers are driving up the demand. It's not only just replacing people retired, it's understanding that we actually need more people than we did five years ago because of the increased demand due to an aging population. And that's particularly true in the northern part of the state. It's true statewide, but particularly our population in the northern part of Wisconsin skews a bit more elderly. Then you add on to it the impact of service done by an awful lot of people in Wisconsin healthcare, in our clinics, our hospitals, and public health to date during the pandemic. And quite frankly, what that has led to is a fair amount of burnout. So we are seeing retirements at an even more rapid rate than we were before the pandemic. Uh, so that's adding a bit more concern. Our educational institutions have done a good job ramping up uh, production of more healthcare professionals, but that was barely keeping us even with the retirements of baby boomers. And now with the acceleration of, of due to the uh, burnout from people who just, they did what they could do and, and they said, life is short. I'm, we're kind of through the worst of this, hopefully. So I, I think it's a time for me to start planning retirement. That's a challenge. So when I look at the forecast for the nurses that we need four, five, 
eight years from now, same doctors, pharmacists, others, we, we are not producing at a rate that will have us have the healthcare workforce we need in five and 10 years. And that, so that's works we still need to accomplish. So basically, even those programs through UW trying to replenish the healthcare workforce, it's not happening fast enough. Are you guys calling for any other action to boost that workforce? Yeah, we constantly, uh, I mean, what we do, and I work with a lot of folks that are looking at the numbers. I mean, so one thing is we continue with the hospital association, with the Wisconsin Center for Nursing, Wisconsin Center for Medical Workforce. We keep on trying to make the future look more real by providing the numbers so people see um, the challenges we have. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, I mean, it takes 10 years to take someone from like high school to becoming a practicing physician and, and four or six years to become a, a nurse or a nurse with an advanced degree. So we really do have to visualize what the needs are in the future. The other obvious thing, and it's particularly important for you for your audience, is we've always had workforce shortages in, in rural health, even when places like like Madison um, don't have any job vacancies. Um, we we always have, and that's because all the challenges that many of your listeners are are aware of in terms of, of recruiting people into rural Wisconsin. The bigger challenge is uh, in terms of lack of broadband, which is particularly important. I think our country has finally woken up that that's a huge issue for community and economic development across rural Wisconsin, across rural America. So I think we will be able to do and are doing a better job of recruiting young people. But we still have many challenges around housing, around childcare, around creating uh, jobs that will attract young people into our communities. And that's all part and parcel of having a successful healthcare. I mean, for, for healthcare to be strong in a rural community, the rural community needs to be strong. And so we, we need to think of them in a, in a more, more integrated way. Is there anything else I didn't ask that you wanted to talk about? One thing I'm really excited about that we're doing at the co-op is we're actually creating a game for young people to use in schools or at home where they can have what I know is called, I guess, an avatar and kind of role play what it's like to go to nursing school or medical school or to uh, to be a lab tech or or what have you. And basically to help them understand the multiple paths they have to um, having a a satisfying career in health and how different paths have have different challenges and, and different opportunities. And we're doing that in partnership with a, a group that developed a similar app in, in Madison and is being used by UW Health and the Madison Public School District and has evidently been, been quite impactful and successful with young people. So that should be hopefully out in our rural communities and our rural schools uh, come maybe winter, late winter. I, I like a statistic that's often used by the State Hospital Association, and it reminds us about the importance of growing our own. And that if people grow up in Wisconsin and go to medical school in Wisconsin and then have their, their residency training in Wisconsin, 86% of those folks will stay and practice in Wisconsin. At the co-op, we, along with the hospital association, are, are big, big fans of the whole idea of, of growing your own. And uh, we will continue to work on that. That's Tim Size, Executive Director of Rural Wisconsin Health Cooperative. Again, one of the ways they're working to grow their own is through that new game, again, coming out this winter. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.